Good evening, and welcome to the next episode of Expect to Win. I am Lamar Thomas. I have with me today the president, Mr. President himself, Mr. Uh, inventor of so many things. I know he's opened up so many doors and avenues for kids, but he's the president of the Alternative School Association, um, so I can't even give all his secrets away, but he, he does have some things in place that I know he's going to um, bless a lot of people and help a lot of people, but with no further ado, Mr. Marcus Scott. Hey, how you doing? I mean, all the way from Seaport, man, you know what I'm saying? So you know he's special because he's all the way over there at Seaport. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. Man, ain't no problem, man. So um, kind of what, what what you have going on now, I know you do something, is it weekly that you do your, your education talks? Yeah, we currently have a show. Uh, I'm also a former school board member, but I'm past his education so we do a weekly show on education called the Education Hotline on Facebook um, every Wednesday at 6 o'clock where we discuss different issues I live in Liberty County, so the different issues that affect Liberty County school system, be it locally or statewide. Um, if there's an issue um, with education in Liberty County, we talk about it on that show, which is 30 minutes on Wednesdays at 6. Okay, well, I, I will share the link in the bio, so if everybody have a, a, a desire to jump on that, but education is a big topic now. I know sometimes it gets lost in, in um, all the political uh, shenanigans, you know, with the walls and everything else, but education is a big part of our future. Um, yeah. you, you, I mean, you know, and I know that you're, you're in the battlefield with me um, working, on, working on our frontline soldiers, um, so what was the, the topic on the last episode of the uh, Education Hotline? <laughs> uh, good question. Uh, we, we, we're actually going through um, a situation in, in Liberty County, and we're actually going to continue it next week and expand it a little more. But we, we had some discipline um, issues to where there were um, – we got we have two high schools in Liberty County, and there was a, a, a pretty much a can say a fight maybe a brawl at both the middle, I mean, excuse me, both the high schools. So um, both of those parents were upset because there was nine students that were at one school and, and seven students at, at the other that were involved. But some of the students then, they were defending themselves. And as you may or may not know, if they're defending themselves, then they can't be, you know, expelled for, for that offense. So um, we discussed that. We had uh, one of the parents on the show to talk about her side, and we'll also eventually get the school side of what happened. And, and what I try to um, instill, I'm not going to justify wrong, but a lot of times, and this is not only in the educational system, but in the, in the penal system as well, um, our kids get caught up because they did not know their rights or didn't know the process. So um, in Liberty County, uh, there's a process, like in, in all counties, where uh, you should get some kind of due process if you've been accused of something. So if she said the principal didn't hear her child's side, then that would be a violation of the due process because you at least got to hear the child's side whether you provide the consequences. 
the major problem in Liberty County is when it goes to the hearing, they have 100% pretty much conviction rate with the school. So whenever a parent appeals to the, to the school system and they go to a hearing, 100% of the times in the last, I think the parent has the stats with the last, at least the last five years, the hearing officer said they had to um, go be expelled from school for an average of eight months or more, which means they went to the alternative school. And right. if you, if you, and of course you work at all alternative school, so you're familiar with the hearing process. But that should be an unbiased person that's um, providing that hearing, so they can actually listen to the information and make recommendations based off of that. And some counties, you know, you do they I mean, they are working for the school board, but for the school system, but they still should be unbiased. And in this case, if every, over 40 times in the last five years you've had a hearing and all 40, 45 of them you, you have held with the school, the school's not going to be right on every count. So I think she's trying to, she's appealing hers to the state um, saying that it was un, unfair treatment. Wow. In a nutshell, that's what we discussed in 30 minutes. Go ahead. I was going to say, but um, so with, with the parents being able to voice their opinions, um, do the school board actually um, hear that or listen to that? Do they do they actually take that into consideration, like the, the stuff that the show is providing? Because that's good. I mean, I do believe that the parents should have a voice. Yeah. Um, not. I mean, and, and this is what – I try to express the parents, and, and my show gives them that outlet um, because, again, I've been a school, former school member, and I'm a current principal, so a lot of people in Liberty County do listen, and um, sometimes they take heed, but even if they don't take heed, they understand that um, parents are now aware of their rights, and they, they act accordingly. So um, the school boards do, and school board members from that, superintendents and educators, they all listen to the show and um, they make adjustments based on on the reactions. But like I tell them, a lot of times school board members' reactions are based on what a majority of people are saying. So if they get a, a large group of people uh, that tell them, hey, this is not right, then they'll change their behavior. But usually in fight situations, of course, all parents want their child safe, so it's hard to get parents on that bandwagon. But a lot of parents don't want to fight their process until it's their child, and that's probably one of the hard problems with the fight situation. But what parents don't understand, especially with the show that I'm doing, it's not necessarily – and this parent, I, I um, commend her because she's not just fighting for her child. She's fighting for the process. Process it should be to where every child is, is guaranteed a fair hearing. So if they did it, even the parents say they need to suffer the consequences. But somebody has to listen to their case and make a decision based upon the information and not necessarily um, just because this is what has always been and this is what the school um, wants. So uh, even though, and I have had school board members on. And even though they won't admit, hey, we make decisions based off of this, um, there are decisions that are being made and based on the show. And um, that's part of the reason 
not the only reason, but part of the reason we do what we do to make sure that they're, they're held accountable um, for um, decisions that, that are made. Uh, that, that's important. I mean, I just think that um, with some parent involvement or some parents that, that don't get uh, confused or persuaded, um, there could be a lot of things that could change. I just know in, you know in the alternative school, there's a lot of times parents get these papers in front of them and contracts and, con- you know, behavior contracts and waivers, and they kind of get misled or persuaded to, and then they kind of just be fed up with the whole situation, and they make um, decisions off emotional feelings and end up, you know, putting putting the kid in a in a tough situation. So, man, I think that's very, very important. I got another question, though, changing the subject just a little bit. I know that Savannah oh, is – Real quick. So that's one thing we, 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 we stress to parents. There's never a need to sign a waiver because the worst you're going to get is what you're already signing for. So definitely always read your paperwork, and there's no reason to sign a waiver. Uh, go to the hearing and get your due process there. But go ahead. I'm sorry to yeah, cut you off. But, but that's so important, you know, and, and uh, maybe I need to do a workshop or something like that to try to inform the parents here. Um, just because I believe that that's something that they don't understand. That whole due process, um, you know, they just kind of chalk it up that that because that person is this title, they feel like they know what they're talking about, you know, and they feel like they don't necessarily have the, necessarily have the power to, you know, combat that or argue that or do that. And I know that I've talked to several parents that just felt like, you know, I don't want to waste time and do this and go to the hearing because they just going to do this. You know, they already make that assumption just based on the persuasion, you know, that they have. And, and yeah, because we usually catch them being in our in our role as a principal, we usually catch them on the back end, and they've already signed the waiver. And what I try to tell is, I make sure that they are aware of their rights. And by that time, they already did the waiver, and you know, I let them know that you can try to go back and say you want a hearing but you pretty much waive your right. But in the future, this is what you need to probably look at if it happened again. Right. Right. But my change of subject. I, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but I was going to say, man, with Savannah being a uh, high tourist area, does that contribute to your dropout rates? You know, I'll just, just competition. You know, there's so many kids that got so many things that, you know, could pull them away from education. And I want just does that help or does that hurt? You know, like just students trying to finish school and graduate with so much uh, entertainment. I would say that's around Savannah. Yeah, and, and it's funny because a lot of people that don't stay in Savannah would say, you know, it's so much entertainment. But I don't think a lot of the kids feel like it's as much entertainment. Oh, okay. I don't really think. Um, that has a huge effect on on Savannah. Um, what I do I do think that our alternative school has, a, if anything, a positive effect on um, the dropout rate. Um, because since we went to this form of alternative, our graduation rate has increased every year uh, for the district. So um, I think that two three percent is increasing. Uh, what not since? Mean, of course, the schools are doing their part. I think a, a, a portion of that you can contribute to an alternative school that is graduating kids as well because 
for the last three years, we've had all of our seniors graduate on, on time, and we've actually had some uh, juniors that came in and graduated early um, because of our program. So I think that's definitely having a, an upward trend um, on the graduation rate as well. Wow, man. So now you, you everyone can see why. You know, I had to get him on just because of the, the knowledge that he have about the education system. Um, but before I go, I do want you to be transparent a little bit and uh, and kind of let us know about you, you know, where you're from, um, upbringing, and why you're so passionate about uh, what you're doing. Um, and you have to be passionate just because you're doing something that you don't necessarily get paid for, informing the parents weekly. Um, and that's not easy to do, to, to be consistent and do that weekly. And then also you, you know, being the president of an association, um, which puts you over other people and having to put together conferences and, and look at the well-being for everybody else. So um, there has to be something in there that, that's creating that passion and that purpose for you. So go ahead and shed a little light on that. Yeah, like I said, my name is Marcus Scott
So um, I, I believe education can do that for all kids, and, and that's one thing I push uh, for students to do. So I said I became an assistant principal after about three and a half, four years of, of being in the classroom. I've been an administrator for about 12 years now. I've been in education for 17 years, and, and I enjoy doing what I do. I look forward to waking up, inspiring kids to, to be successful every day. Um, that's my passion. I also started a nonprofit called Scott's All Stars, which my son played on the AAU team. Um, we took these kids from fourth grade all the way up to uh, they graduated from high school. They graduated last year, um, and their goal was to um, play um, basketball on the college level uh, and, and to get a scholarship. So all of our kids, we had 12 kids. They all ended up going to college. Um, all of them actually ended up playing either football or basketball are currently playing football and basketball in college. We're very proud of, of that group as well. But, I mean, everything I, I do is, is centered towards making sure you are successful. Right. Uh, right. Hopefully I gave you enough information. As president of the uh, GAAE, what what is the vision that you have going forward? Like, what vision do you have going forward for alternative schools? Yeah, good question. Um, like I said, I was previously on the board for the last four years, school board in Liberty County. And um, after being off the school board this year, I, I had some free time. I was the vice president, and I was asked, you know, to go ahead and take over the presidency, which is a natural progression anyway. So I'm currently, like I said, the president of the Georgia Association for Alternative Schools. And one thing I wanted to do is, first of all, grow grow the um, organization and find um, some, some additional structures and um, actually get the Voice for Alternative School heard because right now I feel like there's a negative stigma on, on alternative or non-traditional schools, period. And, um, that's not the case, and, and actually, before I actually went into alternative, you know, I probably had that same mindset. But my thing is to educate people on on how non-traditional schools is pretty much the way schools should be taught, to where you have smaller class sizes, you provide wraparound services, you give a variety of options for kids to learn, where it's not just all traditional classrooms. You have um, blended classrooms and, and uh, virtual classrooms. So all of these things are, if you look at what what it takes for schools and students to be successful, you have it all at the alternative school. So um, that's one thing I want to share with um, throughout the state of Georgia so um, that we can know that, uh, first of all, we got a lot of uh, counties that have principals and schools that are doing great things throughout the state. So that's why we wanted to highlight them in our monthly um, newsletter and then let them know that, uh, hey, this is uh, alternative schools. If you do it right, it, has a, it, it is having a huge effect on graduation rates throughout the state of Georgia. You look at school systems with, with poor alternative, I mean, with, with poor alternative schools, you'll also see uh, school systems that graduation rate is probably declining as well because they're not taking care of those students that need it the most. Correct. One of one of my visions is actually 
change an alternative to opportunity. You know, just not letting the stigma um, sit over them and just trying to focus on the opportunity that they have in front of them. I don't even let people say alternative school in my building. You know, but before you leave, you know, I need some some wisdom, some knowledge, man, and, and some of the things and some of the nuggets that you've created and gained over time. Um, and, you know, it's, it's more to, to help me, but it may not only help me, it may help some other people. Well, I'm actually, and one thing I, I, I would suggest to all young people is read books, and I'm, I try to read at least a book a week. So um, one book I'm reading now, and I don't know why I, didn't, I haven't been read this book, but it's Dave Ramsey, and it's talking about financial um, peace and and being um, and not having credit. Uh, a lot of young people, and this is actually one thing that I'm going to implement next year at our school as far as the financial class, a lot, a lot of young people I think need to read um, the Dave Ramsey book and, and, and focus on a lot of the things that he's talking about with the seven baby steps as far as um, saving up money because his focus is not where you have to have a lot of money. And, and growing up, especially being fresh out of high school, you may just have a part-time job, but even with that part-time job or with a job that pays minimum wage, you're able to save money if you follow those steps in order to be successful when you're hey, 20 years out, when you're 30-something to 40-something, you don't have to worry about um, money then. So um, that would be my nugget is to, to, to read a book and definitely uh, try to check out Dave Ramsey so you can um, focus on financing, which you're not thinking about at a young age, but if you think about it at a young age, you'll live a lot easier at an older age. And one thing I like to say I'll end in my show, so I'm in with you saying continue to do great things. What I tell people, I inspire us to do the same. So uh, that's what I have. Hey, like I always say, take advantage of two, time, words, and opportunity. Because once they're gone, they're gone. You know, and, and, and time is so precious to us. Words mean so much. And the opportunity, hey, listen, they don't last long. So when you have one, you need to be obsessed with it. And just take advantage of all of those things. Um, but, man, I'm not going to try to keep you here too long. So just tell the people how they can reach you. Definitely. Like I said, every Wednesday, you can check me on Facebook at Marcus Scott Ford. That's IV. Um, I have a, almost I'm five short of 5,000 friends, so I can't add you. But you can follow me on there, and you'll still get the updates every Wednesday when I go on. So follow me on, on Facebook. Uh, of course, we have the GAAAE.org site. That's for the Georgia Association for Alternative Schools. You don't have to be. And it's G3AAE.org. You don't have to be a member or um, you don't have to be in alternative schools to uh, attend this co our conference in September. So if you want to attend, please attend it. Uh, we're going over best practices for all, not just alternatives. So not necessarily set this for um, alternative schools. So if you're able to join us September 25th through 27th in Savannah for our conference, uh, please do. Uh, I think that's my phone number if you need it. It's 912-655-4371. I really appreciate you coming on. And um, any, any way I can help you, man, just let me know, and I'll do everything I can to help out. Yeah, we're going to do an education. 
hotline that first day. So you can come on on, and we're going to have you on that first Wednesday. And uh, I gave the number out because people can call in as well and ask questions on the show. So we already got, we're going to book you for that, that first day. How about that? All right. Get me on. All right, sounds good. Gotta make sure I, I, I take, take care of your time. Your don't time. waste too don't much waste of your time, but I appreciate the nugget and the knowledge that you dropped on us. Um, and I'll put the information in the bio so if anyone wanna reach you, um, they'll know how to get you. Sounds good. All right. All right. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Expect to Win podcast. We would love your feedback to help us grow. You can reach out to us at expecttowin365 at gmail.com. You can search for us on Facebook at win, win, win. It will pull right up. We're also on Twitter. We appreciate your support. If you got us on podcast, go ahead and share us and like us um, and give us a few stars and let us know how we did. Thank you.